to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. thank you for your word and we just thank you father for the power of the holy spirit we thank you for a fresh indwelling we thank you for a fresh anointing we thank you for every person that comes into this building we thank you for every heart every family we thank you for every tithe we thank you for the way that you use us on earth as it is in heaven we say here we are god send us we are your willing vessels, and we just praise you. We give you all the glory and honor, and we just say, have your way in this place, because you're welcome here. We love you, we praise you, and we give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Okay, so I might follow notes. I might not. It's been a little while. Um, back, it was 29-ish days ago, I wanted to do a little experiment with the Lord wasn't quite going to be 30, but I really felt strongly about making a commitment. A bunch of us had done a fast, which was not planned. I mean, we planned ours. It was a 21-day Daniel fast, and I usually do it once a year, you know, but this year it was different, and, you know, there's power when you get together with somebody and you're praying and you're fasting. There's, it's, a, it's incredible, and as we were doing this fast, we, we weren't talking about it. You don't talk about it a whole lot, you know. I mean, maybe with each other. But we learned on our group that other people were fasting at the same time for 21 days. And nobody was talking about it. Okay, so this was like Holy Spirit-led. I mean, it was incredible. And we started to really press in even harder. And there was cor it was a corporate fast without even knowing we were doing a corporate fast. And people were getting set free. Miracles were happening in our group and in, in our lives and in our families' lives. And things were radically changing. So I just want to stress how important it is when we come together as the body and we get in unity and we agree to pray and fast. It's very, very powerful. And so I was specifically fasting for five things. I had, you know, five things. I didn't share them with anybody. It was between me and the Lord. But about... I don't know at what point, maybe five days-ish in the fast, I really felt like I should take the suggestion. I've heard two pastors, Pastor Tom and Todd White, talk about praying in the spirit, like when you first get up in the morning. And like I've prayed, you know, I pray in the spirit, but I felt very, very strongly about committing. Because like for me in the beginning of walking in the kingdom, it was a commitment. I had to make a commitment to God. It wasn't, you know, to a person, place, or thing. It was to God himself. So I was like, maybe I should commit every morning, 15 minutes, I'll put that timer on, and I'll pray in the spirit. And I'll tell you, in the beginning, it was a little weird. I'm in my room, right? I got the timer on. I'm praying in the spirit, and I'm standing, and I'm like, I feel like I'm going to war. I'm like in battle, you know, in the spirit realm. And, you know, no, we don't know what we're praying for, but God knows. Holy Spirit knows. We don't need to know. I don't need to know everything. It's probably better that I don't know, you know, and I just can flow with it, right? And before you know it, I'm like exercising. I'm like running in place. I get on the floor and I'm doing those things. I mean, I don't even, I, it's not even like, that's, I don't do that. I don't exercise. It's not something I do. I mean, I do now, but I didn't in the beginning of this. 
commitment. So it's very strange, and I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, I'm like, thank God nobody can see me. You know, it's so, my parents were like downstairs, what are you doing up there, you know? And I was like, oh, I'm just working out a little bit, you know, in my room. And so as the days went on, I took note of what was happening <clears throat> very quick. There were things happening quickly. Once, and I tried to take notes of the supernatural in my life because it started uh, immediately, divine things during fast. Okay, immediately when I made this commitment. So one day I left my house and I had to go get something for somebody at a gas station. And normally I would go over there by her house because that just logically makes sense. But, you know, I was just really pressing in. And when I left the house, I, I can't even explain to you, but what I felt was this pull towards a, a, a certain gas station. It was just, Holy Spirit was like, you know, and I pull in the, in the gas station and I'm like, I wonder what's here. I wonder why God wants me here. You know, like kind of oblivious, but I'm just believing as I'm being led. And I, you know, I go in and I get to the register and I see somebody out of the corner of my eye and I'm like, oh, I know her, but she doesn't really like me. And like, I don't know about that, you know? And so I had a split second and I'm like, what do I do? You know? And the Holy Spirit's like, what do you think you do? I'm like, oh, hey, you know? So <clears throat> she was like, oh my gosh. So we got to talking. Long story short, she was Jewish, got born again recently, got sober, and needed prayer in that moment, and just totally confessed, opened up to me, and I got to lay hands on this woman, and it turns out her mentor was going to Luann's house that night. I mean, we got to talk and got the ball rolling, and I'm like this, I was like, I want you to know this was a divine appointment. Like, there's no mistakes in this, you know, and I got to connect with her you know, afterwards. And, and it was so beautiful where I got back in the car and I thought to myself, he loves us so much that if we just listen, if we just listen, it blessed me probably more than it blessed her because I'm hearing from God. And it was so clear. It was like, go to this gas station. Okay. You know, and that's, you know, for me, I need that. I need him talking to me on a daily basis. I need to know his voice above the rest of this world and all the distractions and things that come with it because without him, I'm nothing. And in him, I'm everything. So um, another day, it was early in the morning. We go to the gym very early now. I just shared that, right? So out of nowhere, we just decide we're going to the gym. I was never one of those people. Now we work out. Great. We go very early, 5 a.m. <clears throat> I have to spend time with the Lord before, so I'm not going to put anything before my walk with God. Not a gym, not a person, not a thing, not a meeting, not a nothing. It's the Lord, my personal intimate time with him. Obviously, we got to set the alarm earlier because of the 15-minute commitment, and I'm like, oh my gosh. So we're doing that, go to the gym, go back you know, to, to the halfway, and I'm waiting. I'm waiting in the driveway, and I'm just hanging out waiting, and somebody gets a phone call and they're outside of my car and I don't know that they're there and they got a phone call that their sister died and they knew I was in my car and they come running Kelly screaming and I'm like oh my gosh like it's you know it scared me I knew something was wrong and I got out and they said my sister just died and I'm like Holy Spirit what do I do I just I didn't know and I just I just went and I just hugged him I didn't know what to do and in that moment, I, I just know that I was led by the Holy Ghost. And afterwards, they were like, I just want you to know I needed that hug in that moment. You know, and even though it's the little, the littlest things, it was a big thing for somebody. I'm over here feeling like, oh, I don't know. But I, I was being led. I was at the right place at the right time again. Now, this is a silly one, but I got to share the silly stuff. So I'm in a rush one day, and I'm in Publix, and I need to find those, what are they? Tortillas, you know, tortillas, whatever. Those, the flour. 
slower things, right? And I'm like, I got like five minutes and I have to be somewhere and I'm, I'm trying to run in and run out and I go down two different aisles and I'm like, why didn't I ask for help? Holy Spirit, where are they? And he immediately gives me a vision of the aisle and I was like, if they're there, I'm really going to be blown away. You know, and I go down that aisle and there they are and I don't know why I underestimate him. I don't, but there are still things in me where sometimes I don't have the belief that I want. So I say, Lord, forgive me for my unbelief, but I believe. And I was really excited because I'm thinking, this is, he's training me. He's teaching me. I have to trust him. Amen. All of us, if we're willing, if we're willing to listen, if we're willing to obey. So um, I'm not going to go through every single one of these, but it's little, little, little things. Like I had lunch with somebody. It was a woman that I met in a meeting and she needed prayer. She needed help. And I really felt strongly like I had to go lay hands on her, whether she was drunk and high at the meeting, it didn't really matter. We have power and authority. You know, some people shy away from that because they're like, oh, she's not ready. Well, I know how to cast out demons. That's my job. My job is to lay hands, you know, so I, I got to lay hands on her and got her information and took her to lunch the next day and we got to talk and she explained the, the power of that prayer and it's not me, it's God in me. I don't have the power to heal people. It's the Holy Spirit in me that's the power to heal people. I just say yes. Hey, here, here you. You have a pure, clean vessel that gets to go out and say, here I am, God, send me. I'm here, whatever it looks like, even if I look like a fool, which we're going to learn about. Sometimes we're going to look like a fool for God. And it's okay. And I had to burn some stuff out of me. I'm looking like a fool for God, and that's okay. And even looking like a fool because you want to do things that aren't of God. But that's okay, too, because we learn. So I'm leaving this place, and I see, and listen, this is a long time ago, 2001, I think. And we're in 2023. So I had a teacher in 2001 in Martin County, and I was, I was only there for a couple of months. Then September 11th happened. And so I recognized her, and I kept walking. I'm not... I'm not talking to people right now, you know? Like, sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to help the world. And other times, like, I don't know you. I'm going to keep walking. I don't know why that happens. But I had somebody with me, and she was having lunch. And I just, as I was walking to the car, I'm like, you're really going to miss an opportunity. Another, God just placed an opportunity in front of you. So I went back to the table, and they were like, here she comes. I'm like, oh, they're talking about me, right? And I was like, hi, um, I don't know if you remember me, but you were my math teacher <laughs> in ninth grade. You know, and she was like, I knew I recognized you. And she got up, and she told me her name. I told her my name, and I just let her know that she was one of the very best teachers that I had ever had in my life and that she had a major impact in my life. And she just, like, you would have thought she just won a million dollars, okay? And the people at the table were like, Oh my gosh, that is the sweetest thing. And I'm thinking, I just felt like she needed to know that because I was the truth. She really helped me in ninth grade. I remember her specifically. And so she was just so grateful. And I walked away thinking, you almost missed the blessing, you know, out of your own stuff, which, you know, I worked through that. You know, that fear still tries to come on me when I go to lay hands on people. I lay hands people at Walmart. And I'm like, this is so weird, you know, but I got to just keep doing, I got to keep pressing in. I have to, the fear of man is being burnt out of me. You know, it's not a hundred percent gone, but every time I step out in faith, it lessens, you know, less of me, more of him. It's not about me. So this morning as I was praying, cause you know, I tell you guys all the time, I don't write notes. I talk. You know, but sometimes if I don't write notes, we could go on and on and on and on. So we got to, you know, God is a God of order. So I try to do things, you know, the right way. And as I was, 
in my prayer time this morning, I really felt like I had to share with you guys about making the commitment about praying in the Holy Ghost. And it was really an experiment for me. I really wanted to see what 29 days of making this commitment was going to do. And I'll tell you what, things changed drastically in my life. Like quickly, quickly. I wasn't signed up for, I didn't know what I was signing up for. I mean, I believed, but then at the same time when the thing started happening, I was like, how could this be happening? I mean, this is, people are like, you ask God for more. He's giving you more and you're shocked. I said, yes, I am. I was shocked. I don't know. I don't know if that's an oxymoron, maybe a little bit, but I was like, I, yes, I'm absolutely shocked because it happened so quickly. It was in a short period of time where just miraculous things started happening. Things started breaking off of me. My family started changing, you know, specific things. There were several prophecies by certain people in my life that don't, didn't even know what was going on in my life for the one specific thing. I had five things I was fasting for, for the Daniel fast. And multiple prophecies for one of those. And I'm like, you can't make this up. I'm just, and nobody knows anything. It's just me and God, you know? So it was confirmation and I don't need a prophecy. None of us need, right? But when we do get prophesied, it's, it's confirmation. If it's in line, if we're in line with God and if God already spoke to us, you know, we don't go around chasing them. Praise God. We're taught that here. But when we get one, we can receive it if, if, if it's from the Lord and we know that and it's confirmation. So that happened. And then this morning, I'm in Acts 13, 2, 3 through 5, where they're talking about they were ministering to the Lord, praying and fasting. They were ministering to the Lord. Then they laid hands and sent people out. And I was like, oh, this is so good. Because in this, the course of this fast, we went out a lot and started laying hands. I mean, I was doing these meetings at, at Artesian. And I'm like, I got to pray for so-and-so. And it was very shortly after Latasha had prophesied over us and was speaking um, abundance and a, like a hundredfold. And we're going to start prophesying. And she imparted just, you know, what she was imparting when she laid hands. And very shortly after that, I looked at someone and I thought, mm, he has back problems. I got to lay hands. And I'm like, oh, no, no. This is not, this is not my territory. I can lay hands, but I'm not about to be like, do you have back pain? What happened to your back? But I was obedient, and this person was like, yeah, I'm a commercial fisherman. I'm like, let's pray, and like, let him to the Lord, right? And it was very powerful, because I was just obeying. You know, I was just getting out of self and saying, okay, whether I'm right or wrong, it doesn't matter. He's the one that's right. You know, okay, so we might look a little silly sometimes. That's okay. I'm ra I'd rather look silly for God and that person go to heaven than miss an opportunity and they go to hell, because I didn't want to speak up. So... That that happened, and I was like, okay, so then we start going out even more, and we're laying hands more, and people are getting free. Addictions, healings, it's a miracle, and it's right here in our community, right here in our little place. God starts sending women to my shop that need healing. They need restoration, reconciliation. They need to know what are you doing that I didn't do because you're here and I'm not, and we met at the same time, right? So somebody shared you know, we met at this point in life and you went one way and I went another way. I don't have what you have. And so she started coming to the groups and she started getting free. Heal, like healing has taken place in this beautiful person's life because she's pressing in. She never knew about the kingdom of God. We teach about the power of the Holy Spirit. It's like the one thing I think the church is missing out there. They're not talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. It's we stay stuck in this, we're saved, we're going to heaven, and it's just going to be miserable until we get there. No, it's not. 
okay? I have a job to destroy hell on earth, just like Jesus did. That's my job. That's my identity. That's who I am. If I'm in his image and likeness, then I better look like Jesus. So I look like Jesus. Religious people think that's holier than thou. I just call it righteous because I'm righteous in him. You know, and that's okay that people might not understand. But when you get that one person that's like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? I was never taught this. You know, Holy Spirit's after them. So he's been after this woman. And now as a group, we get to watch the power of the Holy Spirit working in somebody's life who's hungry. See, we do know when they're hungry. We will know them by their fruit. Listen, I do work with some women. They say they want what I have. But then when we get into purity, they're like, stop right there. I'm going to go do me. Okay, well, let's see how many times you want to run around that mountain with that person or with many people and where you're going to get because God says the pure in heart will see him. Purity and power go hand in hand. We cannot have one without the other. And when ministering and mentoring women, we've seen many times now where we've had women say, nobody that I know is living celibate. Nobody in the church, right? So we're a power of example that when we share this testimony, when we share how we live, there's nothing to be, there's no shame, there's no guilt, there's no condemnation, right, for those who are in Christ. But when we get with women and we share, you know, as single women, right, we're not talking about married people, single women living for the Lord, when we share this stuff, it gives them hope. So when we heard that woman say, I just need to tell you guys, I've never seen this before. I've never seen women walk and purity and celibacy. You're the first two women, and I believe you. And it was like, my heart was like, man, we need more people to stand up. We need more people to stop saying that they're living a certain way, or they believe, and then they're living a different way, you know, because the, the world is watching. The world is watching our walk, you know, and it's so important because, you know, they are hungry for the supernatural. The world is hungry for what we carry. But if we're not carrying the right message, if we're not carrying what he's, he died for us to have, then we're going to minister out of the wrong place, you know, so we're not, thank, thankfully, the, there's work that's been done. And, we're not ministering out of the wrong place. Listen, I ministered out of the wrong place for a while, which is a beautiful thing when you're involved in a church like this and you have accountability, you don't get plucked out by the enemy. So, and a lot of you know, you know, last year when Cindy was murdered, that was a big deal. It was a very big, it really affected my life. I did not know what it was going to look like for me. All I knew was that I shut down. I mean, like, she's a witness I'm sure Pastor Tom knows a lot of things that I did because she would share, I'm sure. I would hope so because I was not, it was not okay. You know, I was in a very bad place when that happened. So it'll be a year, right, this month. And praise God because he's total restoration for everybody. You know, what the enemy meant for harm, God turned for good. And we're stronger today than ever. But when that happened, for me personally, it was like two deaths in one. So I had not dealt with Lenny you know, the one that had brain cancer, the fiance, I never dealt with that death. And then when she was murdered, it was like two deaths at one time. It just hit me and I immediately shut down. Now I didn't pick up drugs. I didn't pick up alcohol. I didn't do, you know, what the world would say would be a relapse, but emotionally I wasn't well, you know, and when you're not well, you don't do well things. And I didn't know I wasn't well because sometimes when you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived. You know, and other people could see, but I wasn't in a place where I was even willing to receive. I was not willing to look at myself. 
I was just going to continue to do what I was doing because it's what felt good for me. You know, I was in so much denial and I wasn't necessarily mad at God. I just didn't understand. Like there was a part of me that was like, how could this happen? You know, and I felt like the, the withdrawal. God never left me. I left him a little bit. Not a lot, but enough to feel the burn. You know, because as I started coming out of alignment with him, and I do talk about a lot with these people about emotional relapses. Like, what does it look like to step out of the kingdom? You know, what does it look like, or, or you know, for me, I'm leaving this on me, when I'm sharing with people so that they get off the drugs and alcohol thing and look at your behavior, right? So now here I am not doing well. And we don't blame people, places, or things. I'm not blaming what happened. But this was stuff in me that never got dealt with. And it came out, right? So it's always going to manifest itself some way, somehow, if it's not healed or dealt with. So as I, you know, started noticing some things, I realized very quickly, maybe it was only like five months in, maybe four, three-ish, that I became a liar. I stopped talking to Luann. She was out. She was the reason why Cindy was murdered. That's really where I went. I went to a sick place. I needed somebody to blame. I mean, poor Luann, she gets the wrath of humans, really. I mean, and then they come back, and then they're like, oh, I love you so much. But in the beginning, they're not like that. And I can attest, because I've struggled with that. And I totally pulled away. You know, I was like, this is what I'm doing, and I don't need you, and I don't need, you know, you're controlling. No, look at yourself, right? It's always a mirror image. But this stuff was like eating my lunch. And I found myself isolating. Like I kept doing, you know, I kept doing my halfway meetings, speaking truth. I did my best. You know, I still wanted to help people. I didn't know what was really going on. You know, I still came to church. I got to lay hands. I still loved people, but there was a brokenness in me that I just kept trudging. I'm just going to go and do what I'm going to do, you know. But I felt the presence leave. I didn't have peace and I didn't understand because I wasn't necessarily doing anything outwardly that would make it look like I lost his peace, but inwardly there was stuff going on and I refused. I'm not dealing with it. Like this is what we're doing. We're going to go here and we're going to do this. And this is the order, right? I don't care what it looks like. This is what we're doing. And it was miserable. Let me tell you something. You want to live hell on earth, live out of the will of God. Okay. Because for me, it was hell on earth. And I know hell is a real place, but me personally, not having his presence and not having his peace was hell for me. And I was tormented, you know, and I wasn't as tormented as back in the day when I lived in sin. Thank God. Thank God I still had my wits about me and I didn't totally leave the kingdom, but my thinking was getting the best of me. So I became a liar. I wasn't telling people the truth about what was really going on in my life. I had maybe one person, I shared some stuff and she's like, girl, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. And then you know, if it was ever asked if anything had been discussed, no, never, ever, ever. I would never do that. And I'm thinking, when did I become a liar? Like, I gave that up with the life that I used to. I'm, the old man's supposed to be dead, and now we've just brought her back. And I'm thinking, this is so not in alignment with God. This is so not who he's called me to be. And then that weighed on me. Because now I know that I got secrets. Now I'm lying. You know, now i got to cover it up, make sure nobody ever finds out that I said anything. So then it's, it's compiling <clears throat> And, you know, it is a slow fade because for me, I wanted to stay in a place where I was hiding. I was not going to come out of the bush. I didn't know what coming out of the bush was going to look like. I didn't know what the healing process was going to look like. And I didn't know what everybody was going to think. Right. Who cares at this point? Seriously, it took me a long time. 
Who cares what people think of you? At this point, all I care about is what God thinks of me. I don't need the peanut gallery to agree or not agree. And that's okay, because my whole life, I needed the peanut gallery. My whole life, we just went around town. It was like the circus. You know, we just went around doing what we're doing, and then God changed me. And, and things started to change. So as this took place, you know, I started to say, okay, well, now it's life or death for me. God said, I've set before you life and death. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. He gave us the answer. It was like multiple choice. Pick this one. That's the right answer. So I'm starting to really feel the burn. I'm really feeling like things are not good. Like there's a decision to make. We got to choose God or we're going to spiritually die. You know, and I've already lived in death. Like who wants to go back to death? Nobody, right? And sometimes the fear of what it might look like keeps us stuck. And I had to get over that. I had to get over what I thought. What? Listen, somebody told me months ago, you live in a lot of fear of things that have never happened, but they happen in your mind, and then you act like they've happened. And I'm like, it penetrated me. I was like, oh, my gosh. Wait a second. I do that. So then I started thinking. It was like I got, maybe got a little obsessive after that. I started thinking about things, and I have lived in fear over things that have never happened that I make up in my mind. And so immediately I started casting down imaginations. That's an imagination. I don't need to have speculative reasoning. I need to have the word of God in me, living, breathing, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, and renewing my mind. Because I'm, I wasted a lot of time back up here in the fear of, and it never would happen. So I started realizing that the enemy had a part of me in my mind that I'd, I lived that way my whole life. How do you fix something that is normal to you? You know, the word of God. The Holy Spirit started ministering. Took one person, just sliced me, and I'm like, ouch. But that was revelation. I mean, major revelation. So, you know, going back, when I started doing this work, I'm like, there was fear. What's it going to look like? And, you know, when we are being held accountable and we have people that we can go to and talk to, if we receive from them, they will speak truth, right? So I knew I'm at the end of my rope, and I call Pastor Tom. And I'm like, I need to talk to you. And it was like, my mother calls you Father Tom. So in this situation, it's Father Tom. I went to, you know, I needed a spiritual father. I needed, I wasn't really 100% talking to Luann. Maybe like little bits, she would get little nibbles of, I just couldn't get 100%. I was embarrassed too, you know, because I knew she knew things. And I just kind of still wanted to hide. She knew a lot. And so I sat down and, you know, got to have a conversation and get honest, you know. And it was like, when I got honest with him, he got honest with me, and he shared truth with me, and it was like the easiest thing I ever had to do. I was like, ah, just needed to talk to Pastor Tom, you know, and, and it was like transparency, and I felt like in that moment, the truth made me free, and I was able to pick myself up and go with God, right, and then shortly after that, I got to really work a fourth step, which we know is deliverance, and we do that in the program, but what it is is seeing yourself on paper, you know, and I was, you know, there were some things, people, places, things I had on there, had Cindy on the fourth step, Kiyoki. You know, there were people on the fourth step that I had a resentment with. That's what it's, you know, it's a, it's a resentment inventory. But when you get to the other column, it's your part. Like, what did you do? You know, because really, it's not about them. It's about you and how you handled it, how you reacted, and the lies that you believed. So we go through this list, and it's like six and a half hours. I didn't go there thinking we were going to do this. I was just like, oh, let's do a fourth step. And she's like, you want to do a fourth step? I'm like, yeah. I obviously, I think sometimes God uses me being naive to bless me. Because <laughs> I have no clue what I get myself into. Sometimes I'm like, 
And then I started to withdraw from my cell phone. Just that's a whole other thing. Withdraw. I'm like, can I look at my phone? She's like, do not pick it up. And I was like, <gasps> and I felt like I was like, oh my gosh. I started like, like break out in a sweat. It was very strange. Never really. And she's like, I think you need to fast from that. She goes, forget food. You don't need to fast from food. You need to fast from that thing. And I was like, I'm not ready. You know, I'm not ready. However, I took the suggestion later, and it was beautiful. It was a, it was a good thing. But as we did this work. You know, for me, it was the deeper rooted stuff in me that I never, ever looked at. It was the manipulation, the control, the jealousy, playing God, um, gossiping. That was a big one because I had some friendships end very shortly. You know, before, before we did this work, and that's what really came to a head, I had said some stupid things. And I'm sure nobody in here has ever said anything stupid. And when it came back to bite you, but I did. And it was like, oh, Miss Spiritual. Oh, you said that. Well, not as spiritual as you think. You know, you need to go repent. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I need to go repent, you know. But it really affected me because there was a cutting off, right? There were breakups happening with, with girlfriends. There were relationships that were ending. And so I had to sit and look at myself. And it was hard because I wanted to defend and I wanted to justify. But there was some truth in, you know, saying stupid things. You got to own it. So as we're doing this work and I see myself, I'm like, wow, I did that. I did that. I, at first, I was like, I am like the best friend in the world. You are blessed to have me in your life. And she's like, you're a horrible friend. You're not a good friend. Look at you. Look at you. on This is you on paper. And I fought with her on that. And I said, no, I am a very, very good friend. There was some denial still. And then when I saw, actually, I think it was with Cindy, when I saw how I could have had more patience and tolerance for somebody, I was like, you know what? I definitely could be a better friend. Instead of trying to tell everybody how to live their life and try to play God and let them figure it out and love them and let's see where that gets them and you guys together, you know? So there was so much revelation. And then as we go down the list, it's like, you know, getting heavier and heavier. And then we get to my part. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've used people. I've manipulated. I, I've done things that I was not proud of. Thinking I'm living right, but the fruit of it was that I wasn't. So the way that we were able to come to the conclusion is you can't be a liar, right? So you can't say you're going to do one thing and then this is the fruit and then say that's of God. And so when we were talking about the friendship, she's like, you know, some of these people are looking at you like you're a liar because you're not lining up with God. And I'm like, well, that makes sense, you know, but sometimes some people need it spelled out. A, B, C, one, two, three. These are the answers. This is how you make a difference. This is how you choose life or death. Now it's in front of you. You choose. You know, so as we did this work, the revelation came over me, the fear that I've lived in my whole life. Didn't even know. Not just the fear, the control, trying to manipulate to get what I want. There's two things that, you know, we do the way we act or how we treat people, fear of not getting what we want or fear something's going to be taken from us. So I was living in a place of fear whether I wasn't going to get what I want or you're going to take something. So I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen. And then God really started to deal with me about other behaviors like how I treat people when they're not living right. Who am I? You know, let them figure it out. Other people loved me through it, you know, and I'm not the mayor. I'm not Inspector Gadget. I'm not the gossip queen. She retired and repented for all of it. Retired. It's over. 
But now walking in his fullness, I get to see the fruit of what really kingdom living looks like in the emotional places. So the reason why I say it was an emotional relapse was because it was emotional. I was drunk on manipulation. I was drunk on control. I was drunk on gossip. Listen, after these breakups with my girlfriends, they'd call. We have nothing to talk about. Nothing. We just sat there in silence. Said, all right, this is weird. I got to go. I don't want to talk to you. You know, but I had to really figure myself out after doing that work because I was guilty. And when I saw myself, there was a, I was disappointed. I'm like, man, after all these years, you know, you're walking with God and, and thank God it happened when it did. You know, like I said, Cindy's murder, all things worked together for good. I'm grateful that I got to do this work. I don't know how long I would have been stuck. You know, this, it came out, you know, because my behavior was manifesting ungodly things. And so as we really started to press in, I had to make a choice after that. How do you want to choose to live? Do you want to go around playing the victim and woe and look at this and that one did and she didn't and or do you want to go with God? You know, because there was a time where I had, a, you know, there was a period in, in this process where I took two weeks. I didn't talk to anybody. I broke up with everybody. You're all, I was done with everybody. My parents were like, what's wrong with you? They had to call Linda. They're like, she's not talking. She's like, leave her alone. I just go to my room. And I pressed in with God. I felt like a little girl. I felt like I was seven years old, back in like recess. All my friends left. You know, I, I, that's where, maybe that's the reason God took me back there because there was some more burning that had to come out of me. And it was like this fear of you're not going to be a part of, you're not going to be welcome, you're not going to be at the parties and all the stuff. And I'm like, who cares if it's just me and God? I, need to get, I had to get to a place where I didn't care about anybody or anything else but God, me and God. And it did burn. It burned. Also because I saw behaviors that I wasn't proud of. And then I had remorse and I couldn't make it right yet because it wasn't the time. But my heart was like, man, I want to do life right with God so that I don't have to go back here. I didn't want to ever go back. I'm like, I'm done. It's like drinking. I'm so done with that. Well, those behaviors, I'm so done. I don't ever want to feel that burn ever again. And I truly believe because of the power in us, we have a choice. We don't ever have to go back to that stuff ever again if we don't want to. But if we don't know that we're believing lies, then we're going to stay in deception. You know, like I think I even wrote that down, that if I, be- if I live in fear, which is a lie, fear is a lie, then I'm believing lies. And if I believe lies, they become my truth. So all that stuff before I got free was my truth, not even realizing it. Now, I started healing after that. It was like all of a sudden, the river's like started flowing and then the tears started coming and I started really grieving Lenny, Cindy. I started grieving things that I never grieved because I shut down. I just, for whatever reason, just shut my heart down. I shut parts of my heart off to God. Like you can't get in this part. It's mine and nobody's ever going to, you're never going to come in here. Right. And the wall started to soften the walls of my heart. And little by slowly, he started changing me from one level of glory to another level of glory. And I just pressed in and pressed in and I kept I kept pressing in, but I kept being honest. So one of the things that radically changed for me, and I'm so glad I remembered, was in the course of like four, four and a half years, it'll be five years in June that I've been working with Luann. And this was the first time in all these years that I got honest with her. After that, I didn't hide anything anymore. I came to her, hey, I'm gonna go do this. Why are you going to do that? 
well, because I want to. She's like, well, what's your motive? I don't know. So we get to the motive, right? But before it was, I'm going to do what I want to do and I'll call her after it's done. Okay, well, how did that work out? Not well. So I decided to try something new, but I didn't have any secrets anymore. You know, and I, re- and I wrote this thing, um, a pastor wrote this and it was so beautiful and I really resonated with it because of having secrets in life, you know, and I, sometimes we don't realize, you know, but that's another reason that we work with other people because they see stuff that we don't see. You know, like I'm not over here looking at myself saying that was manipulation, but sometimes people hear manipulation. Like I hear it when I get the phone call. I'm like, you know, that's manipulation, right? They're like, it is, but I just want to go and help them. I'm like, but, but why? Cause you're getting something out of it. You know? So that's the whole point when, you know, iron sharpens iron, we're here to encourage and build each other up. And no, not everybody likes to be called out, you know, but it's for our benefit, right? It's for, if it's, if we're being led towards Christ, then it's for our benefit. If people just want to tear us down, probably not the person to be mentoring or being mentored by. So life shouldn't have the ability to speak louder than the one who gave it. Okay. So for me in, in my turmoil, life was speaking louder, right? My peace was gone. Not only was my peace gone, when I sat and I thought about the way that I was living in turmoil, I was like, man, I'm living the exact same way that I was on drugs. This is a problem. Lying, not showing up for things, hiding. You know, I may not have been stealing, but I may have been stealing people's time, right? Like there were things in, in, inward that were the same thing as I was doing out there. So I really had to face that and say, okay, this is not good. And that's why when I did the work, I'm like, okay, we got to get free of this stuff. So living like the way that God created you to live only starts when you realize that you may have messed up. So I got free after admitting my mess up. I got free when I saw her, Kellyanne Conway, on paper and said, this is true. I have done this and I have lived this way and I did use people and I manipulated and I've hurt some people, oh, some people, many people, an apology. And I've lived in so much fear that it's paralyzed me. Now I don't ever have to live like this ever again. I'm going to choose God. Right. But I didn't stay there. We don't stay there. I just took the two weeks to process and to get to a place where I didn't have to live in shame. Because sometimes when you do do this stuff, shame will try to come on you. But we know better. We don't have to believe the lies of the enemy. That's why we have accountability. We call people. We get honest. That's why we can't stay stuck in our stuff because we will probably not share the truth. And then we won't be able to hear the truth. So for me, looking at this stuff was major major revelation. I didn't have to sit and blame myself. I was disappointed. Yes. But in that disappointment, I said, I know God has better for me and I got to make better choices because when we're living in the kingdom, it's about him in me and I need to represent properly. I can't represent with junk in me. Junk out, Holy Spirit in, hard heart out, heart of flesh in. Okay. And it's a process and I, and I'm working at it every day because we're co-laborers. Him and I work together and that's my heart to be one with him. I'm one with the father. And when this stuff comes up, I'm like, Oh, that's gotta go. You know, I'll just keep going and I'll share something with you. So we can't be bold as a lion when we have wickedness under the carpet. We can't sweep stuff. Okay. We cannot be as bold as a lion and have secrets. So we can't cover up our sin and sweep it under a carpet like nothing happened. So many people bury their stuff and think it'll go away, but it won't. Your stuff doesn't go away. It manifests again somewhere else. And you have to live in fear because someone might find out. And that's where I was. Like, what's going to happen to me, you know? God did not give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and of a sound mind. And a sound mind is the backbone for the love and the power. 
and so as we started really pressing in and things started to change, it was like a spiritual shift happened, not just in my life, but in my, my relationship with Luann and kingdom recovery and coffee with Christ, everything changed. It was like, God was like waiting on me to get honest and come into like divine order and stop running and telling everybody things about Luann. Listen, all I had to do was just line up. It was like I, I fought so hard. Like, I don't want to be controlled. I don't want to be told what to do. Listen, the Holy Spirit wants to teach me and guide me into all truth. If I can't submit to him, I'm going to struggle in life. And sometimes, maybe more than sometimes, God assigns people to us that he yokes together so that we can on earth, as is in heaven, two are better than one, right? A three-stranded cord is not easily broken. But when I'm resisting that, I'm going to miss out on the blessing. And I did miss out a little bit, but God has restored hundredfold. There's nothing that's been lost. Nothing. When I tell you nothing has been lost, I mean nothing. I am so grateful, but I had to see that. I had to see the detriment of my believing wrong, you know, and my heart not being totally sold out and wanting to blame people for things that really was none of their business. It was not them. It was me, right? But we got to take that speck out. I had to take that speck out and I needed help doing that. So at this point, I have to be totally dependent on God. I'm so dependent on him. I literally can't function without him. You know, like people laugh. You wake up at 345. Why? Because if we're going to the gym at five, why do you have to wait? Because I have to put him first. Like, I know better today. I have to put him first. One of my issues with the Daniel fast was no caffeine. I don't like to go without coffee because back in the day, I used to like stimulants. So I like caffeine, but like not too much of it. So you got to be very careful, right? There's a fine line. However, I don't like to suffer. So all of a sudden, I give up caffeine. And in the beginning, I'm like in fear of the headache. It never came no energy. It never came. So I was like psyching myself out. And then all of a sudden the third day, I was like, you need to stop. You need to stop. The Holy Spirit is more powerful than a cup of coffee. Like I had to retrain my brain because I wasn't really believing that I was going to make it, even though I've done it before. There was just some lie attached to this. Right. And so I had more energy without caffeine than I've ever had with caffeine. Okay. So I actually learned in this fast that when I wake up in the morning and I spend time with God, I don't have to go right to the coffee pot because I already have done so much in the Holy Ghost and with the Holy Ghost than I ever have before having the cup of coffee. So my thinking changed. Now we're going to the gym. Now we're working out. Now I'm doing life without the stimulant. So I believed a lie and that happens and that's okay. And yes, I drink coffee. There's nothing wrong with it, but it doesn't, I don't need it today. See, I needed it to like wake up. I don't need it. I need my 15 minutes on the Holy Ghost and I just go to town, you know, and it's like supercharging me. It's pow it's like a like a power battery pack. You know, it's like if your battery corrodes, why is it corroding? You got to keep things charged up. You can't let it corrode. And I mean, yes, we pray in the spirit whenever we want, but I'm so encouraging you to make a commitment to pray in the spirit first thing in the morning when your eyes open and just see what happens. You know, I just made a 29 day commitment and my life changed. And yes, I was shocked because I didn't know it was going to change like this. She shared, I'm sure, on Sunday about the radio station. Somebody says to me, how are you surprised? I said, I don't know. I just said, like, I can't believe it. I'm, I can't believe it. That's why. And like, we've been praying for this and breakthroughs happening and God is moving in our community. When we go into the jails, the women are like pulling out of us everything that we have. The Holy Spirit knows what they need. And they just sit there and they laugh with us and they watch us and they ask us questions and they're hungry and we're willing to give. And like, it's changing lives. Like when we go in there, I 
believe when we walk into a room, the entire atmosphere changes. Doesn't matter if I go to AA, if I go to the halfway, if I go to Rock Road, if we go wherever we're going, Walmart, grocery stores, the atmosphere changed when, when I walk in the room because of the power in me. I believe who I am today. I didn't always believe, right? But as he started to heal me and deal with the maybe the you know the wounds and the things that I was carrying around that I didn't know about, the freedom came. I stopped living in fear like I once did. Like I was so afraid of people dying, people hurting me, whatever. I'm like, who cares? I already did it. I already did it in addiction. You died, you hurt me, you cheated, you lied, you left. All the stuff already happened in addiction. How much more can I handle in the kingdom of God? I was like, oh, this is great. Like, why didn't I get that revelation five years ago? I would have lived freer, quicker, but that's okay because now I have a testimony. Now as I help people and I work with women, I get to share this stuff. I had to walk through it. It's been a process. It didn't just happen overnight. You know, it's been a commitment. I've been committed to him. I have accountability. We can't do this on our own. I know a lot of women that try and they're struggling. They will not come under and it's not coming under. It's having accountability. It's just being led by somebody. I don't have the scripture, but it says to admonish people that are elders in the church that you learn from, like have a reverence for what they went through that they get to pour into us. Maybe we don't have to make the same mistakes if we would just listen, right? If I would have listened a long time ago, things would have been different, but that's okay because now I get to see the fruit of what it looks like when you truly line up with God and you're in alignment with him. I'm so grateful for that. And thank God people like Luann walk in forgiveness because she could have left and been offended a long time ago and cut me off with the things that I've done. Okay, so thank God that she was grown up here in this church and taught how to disciple properly. Thank God somebody was speaking into her life, telling her, just let her go, let her figure it out, like she'll be back, you know, and that she never took offense. How many people do we know in the world that get offended by one wrong comment? We didn't even mean anything by it, okay? There has been plenty of things that she could have got offended by, you know, and, and other people in my life, but they loved me. They loved me through it living the gospel. This is living the gospel out loud all the time, not just on Sunday. We literally live it. It's a lifestyle. So when we live and believe God for the supernatural, we're going to look like a fool and it's okay. You know, I mean, when I go lay hands on people, strangers, I still get nervous. I still get like, oh, what's this going to look like? And sometimes I pray really fast and then I leave. And then I told somebody recently that I get nervous and they're like, there's no way. I'm like, yes way. It just happened. It just I just, it just happens and it's okay. So this will cause us to be uncomfortable. And we have to remember that religion hates relationship. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. God wants to use us as his yielded vessels to heal people. We don't heal people. God heals through us. It's him in us, but we have to say yes. We have to believe that we have the power in us, his power. If I don't believe that he heals, I'm not probably going to lay hands. Is probably going to stay stuck like half the church. They don't believe. How many people do I run into? They don't believe in praying in tongues. They don't believe in laying hands. They believe you pray a prayer, you go to heaven. Live like the devil on earth, you're going to heaven. Okay. Well, I was one, and uh, I'm really grateful I didn't die in that period. I'm really, really, really grateful. Okay, so we will know them by their fruit. You know, God says we're going to know our love, right? They're going to know us by our love, but love is laying hands. Love is discipling. Love is going out and helping people whether they want it or not, whether they want to hear the truth or not. It's love. Love covers the multitude of sin. So we destroy the works of the devil for a living. And that's what we do here, this church specifically. There's a lot of churches that don't do what we do here. And that's why we're a mighty, mighty, powerful church because we believe the full gospel. We don't take bits and pieces. 
If I don't see, or we are saints in the eyes of the, of the Father, and if we don't see who we are, we will minister out of the wrong place. So we have to know beyond the shadow of a doubt who we're serving. Like me, I can't live in the fear or believe the lies. I say, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, and walk it out no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter who around me is saying what they're saying. Listen, this is interesting because... When we're living for God, I think we forget that maybe other people aren't in the church. Okay, I don't know. I get like, again, maybe it's naive. I just believe and I do what I should be doing because his word tells me and he protects me. I believe that when I stay in alignment with God, there is divine protection. There's divine order. I don't have to step out of alignment if I don't want to. And when I do, I repent and I come right back in. So there was a few times at the revival I'm just going to share this. I hope you guys don't mind. Miracle on the water. And, you know, I had, it's just interesting to me because I never experienced this like this. But I had a couple people that I knew, you know, women, that came up to me and, and they were very confused about my life, which is fine. Be confused. Just don't listen to me. Just watch. Right? We should be epistles for all men to read. Our walk should say everything. Our talk shouldn't be anything. It should just be what we do. When people want to know how we live, they should watch us. You don't have to go around telling everybody how I live anymore. If they want to know, they should just watch how I live. However, not everybody knows intimately what we do, how we live. So I had some women, separate times, separate days, separate women, say to me about my personal life, uh, this isn't adding up and this doesn't make any sense. How can you be dating somebody? And I'm like, well, easy. You just date. I don't know. I don't, I didn't understand. I didn't understand the question. I didn't understand. And it was an attack on me and it was okay because I didn't take it personal. I was so loving the Holy Ghost during the revival. It didn't matter what she said to me. I was so excited to be there and so full and so ready to give. So when this happened, I'm like, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? And, and immediately he started ministering to me. And I let this person talk because they just wanted to ream me. And I'm like, oh, awkward. You know, and I got to love you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you. And I'm going to love you well. And I just was like, okay, when, I, when the time came to speak, and I got to speak, and I said to her, oh, oh, my gosh, you must not know how I live my life. You must not know that I don't go around and sleep with people because the word of God says no fornicator will enter the kingdom of heaven. So you're looking at me thinking that I've slept with people when that's been four years of my life that I gave to God. I gave him all of me. When I said yes to him, he got my body. And this person looked at me and said, are you serious? You don't have sex? I said, no, ma'am, I don't. And she was like, please forgive me. I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I thought you just, okay. So here we are at a revival and this person thinks that this is how we live as Christians. I'm sorry. Like my mind, I was so blown. And then I got to speak life into her and I got to lay hands on her and I got to pray and I got to give her hope that living in the world, when we're living in the world, that's prostitution. When we live in the kingdom, we can do things God's way and in purity. And there's nothing wrong. There is a better way to live. It might not look like you think it should look. But let me tell you something. When you're lining up with the king and his decrees, it doesn't matter what you think. I know that I stand in line with, the, with God. Right? And in that moment, 
something broke. And when they asked for prayer, man, I was right there to pray. And we repented for any fornication, anything that they may have done. And we canceled that right there on this person. And I was so excited that, you know what, again, the enemy tries to attack. But I don't, we don't have to take it personal. It wasn't a, an attack on me. It was truth being revealed. People don't know. So if we're supposed to be looking like the kingdom, like the father, right? Why are we looking like the world and the church? This is at a church revival, okay? This was not the only person that came to me and asked me these personal questions. I've had many people in the church talk like this, okay? So I forget how we live. You know, I'm just like over here, again, naive. We live for God. We give him everything. We don't do stupid things anymore. We don't live in sin, right? That's just not, I don't want to do those things anymore because they bring death. Sin brings death. And I lived death my whole life, and now I live for God, and I live in his truth and his life. So I don't have to tap into all the crazy and the chaos and the demonic entities that enter when we live in sin. I just say, no, no, thank you. You know, if people want to live that way. They don't want to abide. That's between them and God. I don't have to go around telling them how to live, but we're called to be an example. And that's an area, apparently we're not exactly living as an example. So we just need more people for the single people that are listening. Okay. Especially the people online. So um, so Jude one twenty says, be ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God. And I am willing to guarantee you that if you just make this commitment, I am personally going to guarantee your life's going to change. What he does for one, he does for another. He's not going to do it for me and not do it for you. So like I'm making the suggestion to commit the next 30 days every day praying in the spirit as soon as you wake up whatever the time is that you believe God wants you to do it just set your timer and just be dedicated to it don't answer the phone don't talk to anyone listen it was hard for me because I live at home and I got to go downstairs and do things for the dog and I'm like praying in the spirit and then my mom wants to talk and I'm like trying to pray in the spirit but then I'm trying to build a relationship so then I will just do extra time when I go upstairs you know I'm like trying to balance it but I'm so willing to guarantee that your life will change um first Corinthians 14 4 he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. And like I shared with the prophecy that, you know, I had several prophecies in this period. I don't go chasing them. They just came to me. And two of them were the same night when I was at the jail. And two different women spoke into my life, and they know nothing about me. And so it was a very, very powerful word from God. And I was, like, so grateful that I didn't have to run around telling people the prophecy that it wasn't a public thing that like it was so personal between me and God because God knows my heart and he knows what I've been praying for and and nobody knew what I was fasting for I mean I wound up sharing with Luann after the fast was over and the fifth thing on my fast was for outreach for kingdom recovery and coffee with Christ and I was just very much believing that things were going to change for the ministry. And did they change? Did the ministry blow up during the fast, right? And I'm so grateful. And I almost missed out on some of this. Listen, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, okay? So it's not a person, place, or thing. We don't need to blame anybody or anything but the enemy. And the enemy sometimes does use people, but we have to have discernment to know when we're being pulled in the wrong direction. Listen, sometimes I didn't know. You know, it looked good for a second. I don't know. I was grieving. I was struggling. I wasn't in my right state of mind. You know, there's things that happen when you're going through a grieving process. And that's why we need each other, and we have to stick to, to accountability so that we can get pulled out. Like, thank God I didn't get plucked out, but I got pulled out of the, the miry clay, you know, because I have enough people in this church that love me and are willing to speak life into me and are willing to say, Kelly, you're acting like an idiot. Let's go. 
stop it. You know, and I'm okay. All right. May take me a minute, but I'm so grateful that I'm not being taught and and pulled in the wrong direction. Like, oh yeah, you should leave the group. Yeah. Forget her. Listen, there are people out there, you know, that don't want to see the manifestation of God's glory on this earth. Okay. There, there are wolves in sheep's clothing and we have to be careful. We have to know his voice so that when that kind of stuff happens, we're like, "Mm, this isn't lining up. And I'm very grateful that I didn't end up in a place that I, you know, I would have missed out on a lot of blessings. So when we're grieving the Holy Spirit, which I did, I did do that for a little bit, um, we're missing out on his presence. So today, the presence of God in my life is the most important, the most important. I didn't feel this way previously. I feel this way today. Like his presence is literally in my life the most valuable thing. And when, and I feel like, oh, maybe something's not right. I just repent. God, if I've grieved you, if I've grieved the Holy Spirit, please forgive me. I don't know. Sometimes I don't know. And sometimes I do know, but I can't live without his presence. His presence is everything. It's his power in me, his peace in me, his love, his joy in me. I can't afford to live without it, him, all of it. I can't afford to miss out on opportunities when I can go be a blessing to somebody, when I can go minister, when I can go speak life. Half the time, I don't know what I'm saying, okay? But I believe the one who does know what I'm supposed to say. And I believe that if I trust him, then he's going to speak through me. If he has my vocal cords and he can do as he pleases, but it took some time to get there because again, I cared what people thought and I had fear and I didn't know, I don't want to mess up. Listen, one of my biggest fears in life was making mistakes. Make them, who cares? You're going to be fine. Promise I'm still here. I'm standing. I'm living my best life after making many mistakes and it's okay. Doesn't matter. But when we're in him and he's in us and maybe things don't exactly go the way that we want them, we just pick up and try again. And it's okay. And that's a willing heart. It's not, it doesn't have to be perfectionist in religion, you know, because I came out of that too. And when we're grieving the Holy Spirit, it's character. That's the character, right? But when we're quenching, it's his power. So we have to be very careful you know, grieving and quenching because we're, we're missing out on the fullness and the plans and purposes. I'm not here for me today. I'm here to fulfill his plan and purpose, but I have to get in alignment with the plans and purposes that he has for me and get in total divine order so that I could fulfill what's written in the Lamb's book of life for me. So I already told you that the pure in heart will see God. And the last thing I was going to share with you, um, is about presence evangelism when we're praying in the spirit it's called presence evangelism where we're going to go out and we're just gonna you're gonna know things that you never even knew you knew because the holy spirit knows them it's very exciting it's very fun it's like a field trip with god you just go out especially when you're in walmart and you know people need to see us doing this the church needs to come alive right we need to really be pressing in and showing and and not worrying about what it looks like you know and being the example Right, not just saying we go to church and this, but it's in the power. It's in the demonstration of power. Um, let me just see. Okay, and so coming into the knowledge of God's will for our life, right, is the will of God. I need the knowledge of God's will for my life. And so when I started doing this work and really seeing the lies, what would happen is I'd have an opportunity to fall back into sin into manipulation or with the gossip or whatever. And I couldn't wear the garment anymore. It didn't fit, didn't fit me. And I really liked that it didn't fit me. But in that moment, I had the opportunity to say, this is what it looks like. Oh, I'm not, no, 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 no. I'm not doing that. But I would make a phone call and we'd work through it. Because, you know, sometimes 
well, not sometimes, the word says sanctification. We're working out our salvation with fear and trembling. So it's a process. It's a, hey, this is how it felt, and I think I may have done something wrong, and immediately repenting, and then we just walk it out. And that's been a constant thing. And you know what happens? It's less and less and less and less because the Holy Spirit's like, nope, don't do that. Nope, don't say that. No, don't go there. But we're listening. So as we get this stuff like the junk out and more of him, hard, hard out, heart of flesh in, our whole lives will change. And not just our lives, our family's lives. My family's changing because they're watching me. Sometimes it's hard. Listen, I'm not always the sweetest woman. You guys see sweet. I'm not always sweet at home. You know, I mean, I have to work on my mouth and my, how I speak sometimes to my mom, the tone of voice, you know, and it's stuff in me. But I did hear something recently that said, if I'm not patient with somebody, it means I don't love them. I mean, that's, love is patient, love is kind, right? But when they said it this way, if you don't have patience with somebody, it means you don't really love them. And I was like, oh, ouch, ouch, because I do lose patience sometimes. And I now turn that around, and I'm like, oh, I got to love even harder. And listen, it's the love that changes. It's not them. It's love covering a multitude of sin. And so I'm even witnessing just that in my life and saying, okay, I'm that's an area that I have to work in. It has nothing to do with them. I just keep it on me. And as he ministers to me and speaks truth to me, I get to choose truth. I get to choose life today. So I love you guys. Thank you for letting me share. We're going to pray out real quick. So Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We just pray right now that you would continue to convict us, minister to us, if there's anything that we're doing, we're thinking, we're saying, maybe we're believing that's not in alignment with you or not of your will, anything that's not honoring you, God, we just ask for you to show it to us so we can repent. We can come back into alignment with you. We just give you our hearts. We consecrate ourselves to you, our bodies as living sacrifices, holy, acceptable, pleasing, blameless unto you as our reasonable service. We give you all of us right now, every heart in here, we just say yes. Here we are. Send us. We just ask right now for dreams and visions from your heavenly throne room and your heavenly throne room only. We thank you for divine healing. We thank you that our lives are coming in a divine order right now. We thank you that every stronghold is being broken off of us as we continue in your word, as we continue to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and we're going to continue to give you thanks for we know that it is your will in Christ Jesus. So we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for the shed blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We know that it is the greatest legal transaction in the history of the world, and we just say thank you. We love you. We honor you. We adore you and we love you love you love you in Jesus mighty name amen the kingdom.